is a broke billionaire's thing. We don't have no money, but we have ideas, man. What's good, everyone? We are back with another episode of Broke Billionaires uh, with your host, Cal and Christian. We're back again, guys. Um, so first things first, uh, we answer our first question that we post to you guys. Do Black Lives Matter? 100% they do matter. Mm-hmm. As two Black creators, um, we can emphasize that more. And I will say this as a disclaimer right now. If you don't agree, then this is probably not the podcast for you. You probably shouldn't be listening. And if anything, probably log off right now. You're probably uh, doing our just our platform a disservice anyway by um, spreading racism hate probably and who knows but um besides that you know we wanted to get into the topics of some of the things that you know this is important to us because um you know we are black individuals right and this is something that we face these kind of the things that have been going on are the things that we face on a daily basis and you know we'll share some of our experiences for those of you that do want to get informed that want to hear what it's like um you know you can hear it from our shoes but then we're also going to be taking a look at some of the things that happened to the people um over the past couple of months george floyd you know uh ahmad brianna taylor um some of the things that you know when you look at the facts of this the you know the way that things transpired you just think to yourself how can people not understand that this is going on and how can you not get the fact of or understand now why Colin Kaepernick, Colin was Kaepernick was kneeling during the national anthem. Um, it, it should, if you take a closer look at this, the facts should become very evident to you. And um, hopefully, you know, for those of you that do want to get a little bit more informed and that do want to hear, we do. Uh, you know, it's kind of a, a place for you guys to learn a little bit more and also hear about our experience and you know get the ed- education that you feel like if you're not comfortable asking someone or um you know i don't know you know there's a lot of things into i guess you know talking about this that you know the nuances of it so um if you just feel like you know this is a place where you can really hear it um we're glad that you're here and that you can um you know join us on this journey uh christian you got anything to say before we start the joint <clears throat> um yeah just guys listen all the way through uh we think that you guys will definitely like a lot of what we have to say we're also going to share some personal stories as well so stay tuned till the very end Mm -hmm. so um to get into the you know the first things first um i guess this is important i guess we have to unpack the definition of racism and what prejudice yes yes uh, before we go into you know anything further we should have Um, started off with an example yeah with an example or just a definition and then we'll start we'll give an example you know, of what we mean by that, right? And so what do, you know, what is really the definition of racism? Um, And, you know, as I was, you know, we were doing our research and not that we don't know what racism is, it's something that we experience on a daily basis, but, you know, something, you know, a way that we can define it so that people can understand the true encompassing definition of racism. The Merriam-Webster definition is not the encompassment of that definition of that word, right? There's, it's deeper than that. The sociological definition of what racism truly means is different than what you you read on Merriam-Webster. And what, and this is gonna be a statement that you are gonna have to hear to understand and then listen, you know, to, to get what we mean. Um, and so I guess the first thing we'll say is 
what does racism really mean? Um, racism is not just looking at someone and acknowledging that their skin that their skin color and you know treating them in a disenfranchised fashion because of their skin color. It doesn't stop there. Race that's not what racism really means, no. right? Um, what and, and Christian, did you find the definition that you like that explained it a little bit better? Or I can go into exactly what I can, I, I, yeah. I can be an expert, uh, uh, excerpt of, uh, you know, this, you know, this uh, article from, uh, it was like pambazooka.org. And it's the South African that kind of you know, breaks it down. And, you know, we can read it and then it hopefully yeah. gives people a better definition of what that really means. Yeah, I got it. I got it here, actually. So one thing I just want to preface right off the start is that, I personally am guilty of this as well. I thought racism was the definition that is stated in the Merriam-Webster dictionary. And just if somebody tries to shame you for not being educated, just ignore that person. And as long as you're doing your research, you're trying to learn, you're trying to educate yourself, then you're, you're doing the right thing. That's what I want to say right off the bat, because um, silence is violence. So make sure you do get educated and, and you stand up for the truth and stand up for what's right. Um, mm -hmm. So racism. So racism is is actually very deep. It's more than just like what Cal said, where um, if somebody says, for example, Asians are good at math, that's not racism. That's actually prejudice. Um, mm -hmm. And we can also we'll go into a, a more uh, technical uh, definition of what prejudice means. But so for racism, racism is expressed in basically like a four part equation equation. So racism equals race prejudice plus social and institutional power racism also equals a system of advantage based on one race it also equals a system of oppression based on race and also currently in the north american system it is a white supremacy system i'm not saying that from a black person's perspective i'm saying that based on an analysis of the current existing systems that are in place which were put in by white people who were in power which exactly. I don't have a problem with, but I'm saying that I don't have a problem with them being in power. I'm saying I have a problem with the systems that are in place, just exactly. to disclaimer. It's not that we're saying that we have a problem with, you know, white people being in power, but the reason that these things exist is because other people of color are in the decision-making seats of power. Exactly. So that's why racism can still persist today. And so, the way that Christian was defining racism is that it's institutional. It's not just based on the people, you know, the basis of someone, you know, someone's skin, right? Racism is refers to social actions, practice, or beliefs, or a political system that considers different races to be ranked as inherently superior or inferior to each other. And mm -hmm. if we know in America, we live in, in, in a country where that's predominantly white people. Right. So in America, the only race that can be racist is white people because they are in the positions of power to be able to make these decisions. It's an institutional ingrained thing within America. It's within the legal system. It's within the law enforcement system. It's within the education system. If you think about or know about black history in America, there have been multiple instances in which people have been disenfranchised, not just based on just their skin color, but it goes deeper than that. If you've done your research about redlining, what redlining communities were. So redlining communities were situations in which black people were forced to be within, separated, they were segregated into communities 
usually a lot of times they were urban environments like cities or stuff and they were put into communities with bad education bad you know bad education um not good uh good school system which is obviously there weren't a lot of jobs right and they didn't have they have, they didn't have the ability to you know the opportunity to flourish the same that as white people did and so it goes deeper than that that's where you know the, the difference between you know prejudice and racism starts right is the racism part of the equation has you know the ability to make decision powers and the ability to make you know powers that can affect someone's life forever right and other races in america don't have the ability to do that right so they aren't in the position to be racist we can be prejudiced and let it, let's get that out of the way first Prejudice yeah. refers to a positive or negative evaluation. And we're taking this from penzuka.com where this guy lays it out beautifully for you. Um, it refers to a positive or negative evaluation of another person based on their perceived group membership. So essentially what that means is if you look at someone's race and you think of a certain thing about them just right off the bat, you're prejudiced, right? In America, white people can be prejudiced and racist at the same time, right? It's, it's kind of one thing, but in America, Black people and other people in that are minority groups, you can be prejudiced. And let's just start get off start off by saying that if you're prejudiced, you're actually whack. Obviously, being racist, you're whack. But if you're prejudiced, you're whack too. Because why would you ever discriminate someone based on just the your perceived notion of them? And then on top of that, it's just their skin color. That's like going out and someone saying, "We have all these Mercedes, right?" And all these Mercedes have different abilities, different features, right? And they all drive fine. They all drive fine. They all work perfectly. They got good brakes. You know, the safety is the same. Um, each of them has a different flair to them. Some of them have a, you know, a different paint job, right? But that's going out and saying that every Mercedes that is black doesn't count. Why would you discriminate just against the black Mercedes? The internal components within the car are the same. Everything about the car is essentially the same. There are features that are different within the car, but that doesn't um, that doesn't discredit it from a life worth having, living, being able to have community, happiness, and family. Why would the paint job on that car 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 uh, uh, you know be able to discredit it from those things? And we have to think that it's not that. The car was is there's something wrong with the car it's there's something wrong with the assembly line the assembly line is telling you that there's something wrong with the car so that's the analogy of what racism really is is the assembly line is is, is creating all these cars and creating all these constructs and telling you what you should believe about the car although the although the car that's made and the engineers that worked on it know that the car works well and that's just kind of what, how we can you know, differentiate kind of what racism and prejudice is. If you're the person that's driving the car and saying that, oh, that, that car's paint job is ugly, I don't like it, that's prejudice. You can be prejudiced, and if you're prejudiced, you're whack. So that's, like, what we have to say about race, racism and prejudice, but um, I don't know, Christian, you can kind of go into, you know, have you had an experience like that where you felt like you've been discriminated against or you know, you felt like, you know, you know, th this shouldn't be happening to me. And, you know, why? Or, you know, you can just get, tell us your story from, you know, you know. Yeah, definitely. I can dive into that. Just real quick, though, I want to talk about how racism can be expressed. Exactly. Okay. Them, so, yeah. okay. 
So uh, racism can be expressed in three different ways. That's through cultural racism, institutional racism, and personal racism. Mm -hmm. So what we're looking at here for cultural racism, this is actually, uh, it's very unfortunate that this is, um, this is actually an idea currently. Like, for example, the cultural idea, if someone says that, um, that like, like, for example, like, oh, you're very pretty for a black, a black girl. Yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty for a black girl. And that's a way of, of, of culture of cultural racism, where it's just, uh, it's inflicting the societal standards saying that uh, white girls are prettier than black black girls um arab girls are prettier than black etc add the list there's this, um, essentially there's this inherent belief that you shouldn't look this good exactly or that you they just don't look good yeah, people who are black just, don't look good yeah. etc um next is institutional racism so these are systems that are put in place that currently exist we're talking like housing government education employment criminal um politics church state even like for example um like the 13th amendment i really highly recommend you guys looking into the 13th amendment if you don't really want to look into it it's easier just go watch 13th on netflix it explains it very very well and you will actually see how the law is literally specifically made with a set loophole so that the blacks can be uh, discriminated against um and lastly is uh, personal racism so, for example, uh, it's just a belief that, for example, like Cal was saying, from like a white person's perspective, believing that their race is more uh, better, and this is done by, uh, for example, calling someone a racist name or making like a racist assumption based off of that idea. So, like if I say the N word to you, Cal, as a, as a white person, that like yeah, it's just a word, but that word has that meaning, like that you're underneath me and that. Mm -hmm. Um, you are my slave, essentially. Mm -hmm. So that's just the three expressions. Just wanted to get that one out of the way because now we truly understand the definition of racism, that there's prejudice and racism and they're two different things and mm -hmm. that you shouldn't go to the Merriam-Webster dictionary for every single definition because um, this definition is much more deeper than just opening up a dictionary and looking at what it says. This is a social construct. Yeah, you can't just open the dictionary and think that, you know, you have this, you know, this idea of what racism means and, oh, just because Miriam Webster confirmed it for me, it's true. That's, that's not how it works. It's like going and researching what a cell is on Miriam Webster and it gives you this basic definition. Oh, but you, don't know, you don't know what a mitochondria is. You don't know what a nucleus is. You don't know how the RNA, you know, copies a DNA. There's there's different components within that definition that you just don't have the full understanding of. And that's how we should, you should view the, the, the understanding of racism as well. I really love that. Uh, I really love that definition, what you just said, because he's basically saying that there's, there's no way you could get the entire idea of what a cell is by looking at the definition of what a cell is. It's going to say a, 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 a component of the human body that has X function. But the cell does so many different things. There's, there's millions of, there's of different cells. types of cells. Yeah, there's a lot of other things that combine that. So, so yeah. So now we can move on to uh, personal experiences, uh, with personal experiences with racism and things of that of that nature. Um, I've been seeing a lot of solidarity on the uh, social media platforms of different people sharing their different stories. Um, like with honestly, like 
people people say that like it is it is better in Canada. I can say that without even having lived in the U.S. But Canada is also not exempt. Um, Canada does still have some uh, institutionalized racism in in some of its systems. It's I, w- I would say it's not as bad as the U.S. still, but there's definitely um, aspects of it that need some amendments. Um, just for example, I want everyone to, if you're in Canada, you want to look into Africville, go look into Africville. It was in Halifax. So people think that when the slaves, when the slaves escaped to Canada, they, they thought like, oh, it's like the dreamland. It's, it's like, oh, we're free and everything's good. Like they were treated terribly. So yeah, they're free. They're free from slavery. But a lot of terrible things happened in Africville in uh in canada in the 1700s so i just i don't want to get too much into it so i just really encourage you to go ahead and look into that but back onto the personal stuff um one thing that um i definitely remember obviously as a black person i'm gonna assume in school you were called the n-word at some point in time that happened to everybody and it is a sad thing but um if you're still in school and you're growing up um, I just really encourage you. There's a lot of power in just smiling at the person and walking away, because if someone's saying that word to you, they're really trying to put you down. And if you smile at someone and you walk away, that there's no way they can have power over you. That's something I, I learned quickly, and no one they won't mess with you anymore after that. But uh, so I'm sorry. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so one, uh, story I have. So one summer I was, uh, I was 16 years old. I was working at the local, it's kind of like a carnival. You went there when you, when you were here in, uh, in Canada, it's called Callaway park. Oh my God. It was the trash park. It's not, it's not good at all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Callaway park. Literally forgot about that until you mentioned it. Yeah, it's it's not that great. We just we have some rides and stuff like that. It's not like a Wonderland or or like uh like the Disney World, etc. Um, but so I was working there. I was working in the games. So what the games was is essentially like those booths where you can play a game where you're you're throwing um a ball and you're trying to knock something over or if or you know, those guys that like if you win, you get a stuffed animal. Yeah. And and things like that. So I was running the games and like I had like my like uh, my apron full of cash and stuff like that. And um, so there was one time I was running this game, and um, I had a, a a customer come and he wanted to play. And and uh, and I said sure, no no worries. And then uh, they gave me the money. I put it in the the apron, gave them the four balls. Um, and this person was a white person, and they were they were playing the game. But they weren't doing very well, and uh, um, after the last throw, the person said the N word, and uh, they said that this game is rigged, and mm-hmm. they walked away. And yeah, I mean, I went about my day normally after that. It just kind of sucked to hear that. Um, I don't even know if he directed the word towards me or if he he said it out of just frustration, like a swear word. But I was like, oh, that's a it's a very specific choice you chose to use. Yeah, the that's running the whole. <laughs> yeah, considering I'm right here, but you know what? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a professional, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna. And, and let's let's just stop there for a second and think about like, especially as a person of color, like when someone does that, like there's very few 
things that you can do besides, I guess, tell them off. And there's not much you can say, especially if you're working. And this is the kind of stuff that happens on a daily basis is where do you turn to? Where do you, where do you go to get this issue resolved? This is a normalized behavior. It, you know, the fact that he was able to say that um, to you with no fear of repercussions, no, he's not going to think that, oh, uh, you know, someone might hear this and maybe I might lose my job now. We'll get that. We'll get to Amy Cooper. But, you know, even considering that is just like, it's just mind baffling. It's just like someone can be able to say that and get away with it. And there's not a problem. But, you know, what what am I supposed to do? What, What can I do? Right. What am I, where do I go from here? Right. Someone just said that to me and it kind of leaves. It's just like, that's a hate word. That's what it is. Exactly. And uh, just like that, where, uh, yeah, it just, it wasn't necessary. And, but just the type of person I am, I just didn't want to really let it get to me. And it didn't, but you know what? It's still not okay. That word is not okay. And it should not be used. Um, yeah, it's just crazy, man. And, you know, everybody that's black has probably had some experience like this at some point. And that's just like, you know, that's the beginning, right? There's a, there's, you know, you have your Breonna Taylor's, your George Floyd's, there's those things happen too in everyday life. For example, like for me, one time I, if anybody knows me that first of all, I pride myself on being a good driver first, but one of the things that I make sure that I never want to get, want to do is I never want to get pulled over. Right. And I know why, because if you get pulled over and you're black, the chances of something happening to you are considerably high. So I make sure, and you know, me and Chris are talking about this. I make sure that I never have any reason to get pulled over. My registrations are always on check. My my safety inspection is always on check. I don't keep anything in my rearview mirror. Like you know how people dangle stuff on the rearview mirror. I don't do that because I. It's just not even a risk I'm willing to take. It's like I don't want to be pulled over for any reason. Um, and so, you know, one time, um, you know, I was, I was driving around the Bronx, whatever, and, you know, for work and, um, anybody that knows anything about, uh, the Bronx is you're not allowed to make turns on, um, on red. So you always have to wait until pedestrians are crossing at some point to be able to make your right on that green. Right. So, um, I was waiting to make my right. The person that was crossing that she, she had just crossed. And, you know, if you guys can imagine that the, you know, the crosswalk is, you know, I'm on the one edge of the crosswalk. She's walking all the way to the other end and she's about to finish crossing, right? She's literally at the end. And so I'm thinking like, there's no one else coming so I can make my right and just go about my day. So I just, you know, I make that right because she's already, you know, already done with the crosswalk essentially two steps until she's done, right? And so um, I make that turn, right? And I'm driving and driving, whatever. And I see this cop following me. I'm just like, gosh, I really, I didn't, I, quite literally didn't do anything I thought um and so next thing you know it's, it's flaring for me the guy tells me to pull over I pull over immediately because I that's also one thing that you don't even want to risk it's like I'm not even gonna drive for a little bit more pull over immediately to see what what this dude wants right and so whatever he pulls me over and mind you I'm I told you I mentioned this is I'm not a person that's ever had any I tried to he, I, my record is clean, right? I don't have, I've never been pulled over before, before that point because I just don't even want to risk it, right? And so I make sure, so there's nothing on my record. There's literally, quite literally nothing on my record. 
And so um, the guy pulls me over, right? And he he's talking to me. He, he asked me for my license or whatever. And I explained the situation to him. And um, he goes in his car and he's there for a while. Like when I'm telling you guys, I was sitting there for like 15, 20 minutes. And, I, 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 and this is another thing I need to add too, is before I got pulled over, I was actually on the phone. I was on speakerphone with someone. And, uh, you know, we were just talking. It was one of my friends, uh, my, one of my coworkers, actually, Black, too. And um, <clears throat> one of the things is that before I got pulled over, I was like, Jason, can you stay on the phone? Because you just, that's, that's the reality of what we live in, is can you stay on the phone? Because I don't know what's going to happen. So, like, can you, if something does happen, I know that it's documented. Someone was there. Someone was listening while something went down. Yeah. Right? So, Jason's on the phone with me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I said his name. my coworker is on the phone with me whatever and um you know i'm just like talking to him i'm telling jason i'm like dude i don't have anything on my record like there's no reason that this guy should be taking this long in the car to tell me like oh you you know you did this and then you, you should be able to leave or reprimand me and then make me leave or whatever right and so obviously i already didn't believe that i should have been stopped anyway because the person was already finished the crosswalk where who else am i waiting for But, you know, I digress. Um, And so, you know, he comes back to the car, right? And uh, actually, before he left to the car, I think it was either before or after, one of those two situations. But the guy came back, or actually, I think it was before, because right when he stopped me, he was talking to me. And, you know, another cop pulls up, and and, and, and the, the cop is about to drive by. And... Um, as, and then he rolls down his window and he looks at me and then he starts talking to the other cop that's at my window. And he's like, Hey, do you need like backup? And I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm just thinking like backup, backup for, for who, for me. I'm just thinking like, and then he asks him again. And then he's like, are you sure you don't need backup? I'm thinking to myself, like backup for what, what's the threat here? Like I'm in my work clothes. I'm literally in the middle of a work day. So I have a pea coat on. I have a dress shirt on. I have glasses. I'm wearing my glasses. You know, you got to look professional. Obviously, I need them for my sight, but I'm looking professional. I have a satchel in the, you know, the seat next to me. I'm wearing dress shoes and there's literally nothing in the car and I don't have a record. And so I'm so puzzled as to why this guy is asking, like, why he needs, why this dude, why he would need backup. And I just think of a situation in which I maybe imagine a situation where I didn't, I'm having a bad day and I don't feel like discussing anything or I feel like, uh, you know, I just, you know, I just wanted to take my license, whatever, tell me what you need to do and get out. If Imagine in a scenario where I wasn't being completely polite, right? There's an inherent, there's an inherent belief that things are going to, that, that cop that said that to him, there's an inherent belief that when a black person gets pulled over or there's a situation with the cops that backup already immediately needs to be called. But I'm thinking to myself, like, why would there need to be there? There's no high stakes situation here. I'm literally driving around for work and you're asking the person if they need backup. Backup for what? There doesn't need to be any backup. So the guy comes back and then he gives me a ticket and leaves. But this is this is this, you know, the reality in which we live. Right. And although that's a situation in which nothing happened to me that that time, it's important. All of these situations are in isolation. Right. Just because you got away one time and you were safe that day, just because that cop decided, okay, maybe, you know, I don't know, that guy might have not been racist or anything, right? But it's situations like that, that could be the determining factor between someone's life and death. And if we go to George Floyd, for example, what was George Floyd accused of, right? I was, 
you know, I nothing happened to me that time, but all I did was make a right on a, a, a turn, and they said that a pedestrian was still crossing, right? George Floyd, all he was alleged to have done was have a counterfeit $20 bill. In what situation does there need to be backup for that? In what situation does there someone's net? He he's unarmed. That four knee people need to be pulling pinning him down for eight minutes and forty six seconds on his neck to the point that he died. That's what the situations can become, right? And that can mean life and death for someone, and that could have meant life or death for me if a situation had been bad. Right. And obviously we've all gone through. And if you're black, I'm sure you can, you know, you can empathize with the situation in which you're followed around stores. I remember I was in Chinatown with my friend one time from Seattle. He was like, yo, let's just go to Chinatown or whatever. Right. And, you know, we're followed around stores. People are looking at us. And it's just like you just think to yourself, like, these are just the situations that lead to situations like that. Right. And to my, you know, and. To think that you know situations like this don't exist, you just have to be blind, right? And I don't know. It's just it's just crazy to think that um, you know stuff like that can happen. And you know there needs to be justice for George Floyd. This is happening, been going on for years. Like there's all these people: Philandro Castile, Tamir Rice, Trayvon Martin. Like this is not the first time that this has happened. But you know enough is enough. Like. It's not, and it's not that people haven't fought before, but you know the fact that I think that it makes it more evident now is because everyone is at home. Everyone has to. Yeah. You have to listen now because there's nothing going on, and I really believe that at some point this is divine intervention. This, this everybody needed to be home to hear this, to see this, because this is the reality in which a lot of black people live in. Black Lives and, Matter is not a new movement. No, it's not it's a new around. movement. So if you've heard it for the first time, then there is a problem. Yes. And um, I think, you know, there's a confusion as to where the anger should be. People are ang really angry about the looting and rioting and rightly so. You know, I'm, I feel for those people that have been that that their businesses have been destroyed. And, you know, people obviously would take advantage of situations like this. There's You're always going to have idiots out there. Right. There's, there's no going around that. But you should be show the same anger for these stores being looted, that someone's life was just taken. Someone just died for no reason. That could have been your family member. If you're white, probably not. But for a lot of people of color, this is, you know, this is this, this is the reality in which you live. This is America, as Childish Gambino just once said, although he's kind of canceled, but you know, you'll get to that when we get to that. But um, I don't know. I think there's there's realities in which we live in that, you know. People, mainly America, doesn't want to uh, acknowledge. And you have to ask yourself, why is that? Why is there this inherent belief that, you know, black people don't deserve? And we have to think about America in general. And we've talked about this in the past in our um, When They See Us episode, is that, yeah. you know, America has been, um, and it's, it, it's like I'm talking for America and Christian's there for, uh, for Yo, Canada. <laughs> Canada. <laughs> but um, in the U.S., we have to think about this country. This country was founded and built on racism, right? Yeah. That. Um, <laughs> founded and built on racism. Uh, the idea that someone from Europe can come over here 
annihilate the, the indigenous population that lived here, the Native Americans, and then call this land theirs. <laughs> you have to be a bit of a sociopath to celebrate that. I don't celebrate Columbus Day no more because that's the day that a massacre happened, that someone just decided that what wasn't theirs was theirs. It's like someone coming inside of your house and telling you, this is my house now. You look at them crazy. You look at them sideways like, you better get out of my house before something happens to you, right? And so, I don't know. Like, you know, this is, there's this inherent belief that, you know, people of color in general um, are not, you know, deserving of the same opportunities. And we have allies out there, obviously. You know, there's a lot of white people out there that, you know, are right there, you know, with us. But then this is addressing the people that don't believe this. If you don't believe this, you need to hear this the most. That we are all equal. There is, there shouldn't be any difference, and the differences that are between us should be celebrated. And this argument that I don't see color, no, nah, that shit don't fly. You do need to see color. You need to appreciate the color for what it is and celebrate the differences between these cultures. That's not what diversity is. Diversity is not putting people together and just assuming just because they're a different color that they'll get along well and that this is diversity now just because you have checked the box that someone uh, is of something that they're diverse that 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 they're diverse. No, true di diversity is you know this difference in thoughts, difference in opinion, difference in background, socioeconomic upbringing, race, gender, you know whatever it is. Though that is what diversity and diversity is bringing all those things together and celebrating them. That's yes. what diversity means. Um, <clears throat> just don't think that you know if you check your boxes and you have friends of different colors that you're diverse. That's not that's not diverse. And this is especially going out to the corporations and companies out there. That's not what diverse means. Uh, don't check the box and think that, you know, you've done your part. That's not where your part stops. You need to do You need to go deeper. You need to dig a little bit deeper. So I think I kind of went on a little bit longer than my allotted time right there. But I'm going to let Christian get his words. <laughs> hey, no, it's all good. It's all fine. Craig, I hope you caught all of that. But anyway, continue. Uh, continuing on, um, it's uh, it's it's. Oh, sorry, I gotta open up the Discord. Also, it won't full screen. Yes. Um, no, I th I think uh, I think what you were saying has so much truth and so much merit, and uh, that. You should do your research. And one thing I also want to say is like it's not black black people's jobs to educate to anybody. Educate like yeah. and, oh my goodness, harder. I can't echo that any louder, Christian. Yeah. If there's a black person in your life, it means so much to them if you stand up to them for them. Like it means so much to them because yeah, we shared one or two stories today, but that's not all the stories. Like I have more stories, but have we don't have stories. all we don't and have we, can even, we can take you back to when I was in high school and I lived in Appalachia. And I, I, let's talk about, actually, I think this is an important point too, especially for those people that kind of lived like I lived in a society where, you know, racism was just a normal part of life. If, if, if anyone's been to the Appalachia region, like uh, your West Virginia's, your really Southern Virginia areas, like everyone there, that's like coal country. 
typically very conservative a lot of the time and a lot of time a lot of time they're racist um white people so um so when we were at when i was living at mount mission and you know i was going to school there or whatever um one of the things that they used to do is we we we'd we'd leave campus every so often for things right and one time i remember in particular for halloween this is just one of the times of many guys but it just stuck out to me because it, it, it's just like you do it to children you do it to kids in halloween costumes and this is like um i think i was fifth grade sixth grade maybe at the time i i was fifth grade it was fifth grade so we were walking with my teacher we were, wa- we're all dressed up and a bunch of fifth graders and this truck drives by this red truck drives by throws eggs at us, calls us the N-word, and just drives off. Wow. And to a bunch of fifth graders at night in the middle on Halloween day, right? And these are the kind of things that happen on a daily basis. And when I left that, when I left that environment, I really thought that this is this is where the because I was very young, you know, when I just graduated, I was living in the bubble. And when I just graduated, I think I was thinking to myself, thank God, like I'm leaving here. Like this is the last that this is gonna happen. Like I shouldn't be able to experience, I shouldn't experience anything to this degree. Like this is the isolated part of of the U.S. where this happens. You know, as you grow up and you grow older, um, you know, and you leave, you know, these spaces and these bubbles. Um, I learned that it didn't stop there, and it goes much deeper than that. In fact, this could sound crazy, but in fact, I appreciate those people more in their racism because they are at least outright about it. They at least told me that they hated me. I knew. I knew. I knew. I didn't have to guess. Like I'm not. I'm not, I'm not talking to you. You're already ignorant and arrogant, right? I knew that the conversation with them didn't need to happen. But the one that really gets me, the racism in America that really gets me, and the ones that affect us the most, the ones that really bring us down the most, are your Amy Cooper situations of this, of this, of this, of the U.S. It's situations in which. It happens behind the the gauze and the veil of you know being liberal and being inclusive, right? And you know, Amy Cooper is one of those people where she was a person. I guess she had donated to Obama. She's a liberal, right? She works in an investment bank and identifies, I guess, dedicated to diversity, just like every company claims. But it's a person like that that exercises her white privilege the way that she does that really discriminates and can really ruin someone's life. So what she said to that man is, I'm going to tell the police that there's a black man that's threatening me, right? And let's peel back what that really means, right? Why why did that mean so much? What does that hurt just being able to call the cops and saying there's a black man threatening me? Why does that mean so much? Because there's this inherent belief she has this inherent ingrained belief that she knows what those words mean and what it could do to his life. She knows that if she calls the cops and tells them that there's a black man threatening her, they're going to come immediately first. And second, that can either end in him losing his job or something happening to him, his, not his job, I mean, his life. That could mean him losing his life, let alone that being on his record for something, you know, harassment, whatever it may be. Right. She knows that she has the ability to change that man's life forever by just making that one phone call. Right. And that's where you can really see the exercise of racism in today's world. Right. Although these people might 
there's people like that in the world, you won't really know because they'll exercise their ability to do those things in a fashion which we, you won't be able to, you know, combat. So, for example, people that are at work, if there's someone that's an undercover, you know, racist or someone that, you know, discriminates against people of your skin color, then that means that there are there are opportunities that should be presented to you that you're being now denied of. That's what racism in America looks like today. And we need to dis draw this distinction just because, you know, someone's not calling me the N-word straight to my face doesn't mean they're not a racist, right? There's mm -hmm. racism, like Christian was saying, is a four-part equation. And in Amy Cooper's situation, those are the kinds that have defined America for so long. And those are the ones that have been, are just as detrimental as, I would say, not just as detrimental as someone losing their life. Obviously, that's way worse, but that's the one that plagues a lot of African-Americans today in America. And those are the ones that a lot of times can be life-changing for them because, you know, as soon as you get that record, you know, you go apply for a job and see what happens. And well said, well said. I think that's what I had to say about the whole Amy Cooper situation, but I mean... Like, we could go, we could go on and on and on and on about Yeah, this, we could just keep this. going on and on and on this topic, but there needs to be this understanding that this, you know, be as mad that someone is dying then someone is looting a store this this doesn't just come from somewhere like people just want to loot the store just because they want to loot the store um it, it comes from a place of anger frustration and sometimes destruction is the only way that people will listen right you know when you have a toddler and they want to get your attention you know what do they do they probably you know bite you they probably tear up their toys make a lot of noise what is that all? It's all a cry for attention, right? And when you're not paying attention, that's that's what you know. A lot of people are saying we're gonna make you pay attention. Obviously, there's people gonna take advantage of this. And but the main point is, be as angry as you are about that than you are uh, that someone is dying, and not just someone, you know, just one person dying. It's been thousands, and there's so it, it goes all the way back. We can even go all the way to Rodney King. And even further back that, than that, Tulsa, Oklahoma, everything. There's so many instances. Emmett Till, you know, the list just goes on and on. And and this is a word I have to all my black people out there is, you know, and I think Dave Chappelle said this best is, um, you know, why aren't we supporting the Colin Kaepernick's of this world? And, you know, it's funny how Dave Chappelle said it. He's like, he's the lightest one of us you know, trying to stand up for the darkest one of us, right? And, you know, it's a funny joke, but seriously, if we think about it, why are we uplifting these people? People make the argument that he's rich, right? He, you know, he's this NFL player that he has all this money. He doesn't need the money. We don't need to support him, right? He can do the support by himself. No, we should be, for his stand, him risking everything on the line for us, we should be able to support him that he never has to work another day in his life for that. If he's risking all on the line so that our voices can be heard on a platform that, you know, will make America listen, then we should make sure that he never has to worry about whether America wants to listen to him anymore. They're going to listen to him because he has the support behind him. And I think that's just an important message. And I also to everybody out there, um, I think this is important too for our mental health is like the way that you grieve everything that's been going on, 
is completely dependent upon you. If you want to protest, go protest. If you want to donate, go donate. If you want to post on your social media, although I encourage you to do a little bit more than that, um, that's not where it stops. But, um, you know, post, let this be known because, and, you know, when we look back and we tell our children and they ask us, where were you during 2020? I want to tell them that I was right there on the front lines. I was right there fighting for them. Like, because this is all, this might not happen in our lifetime, guys. And that's the important thing to remember. Like, this change might not happen in our lifetime. And this is what people in the past said. This not, it's not, it's not going to happen in our lifetime. But the culmination of all this is going to affect someone some, somewhere down the road. And hopefully, we pray it's our kids. And we even pray it's our grandkids. But it might be even farther than that. But if you don't instill these values within yourself now, and you can't teach these values then, later, how are they going to grow up? Because the idea of racism and prejudice children aren't born with that they're taught that right and you need to teach them the opposite this is what it means to fight mm. wow on that note i think we got to end it there cal <laughs> i think we've exhausted all our words for the po yeah. podcast today but yeah guys we thank you so much for joining us for uh another episode here at the broke billionaires this is season three we've made it a full year and some and if you're still here we want to say a big thank you and it's a uh, big things coming up from here um so um just continue to expect episodes every two weeks or so <laughs> we'll give you updates we have to give you updates about that we have to see obviously guys you know, thank god i mean not thank god that it's taking a back seat but there have been more pressing issues right now obviously so mm -hmm. Corona has, you guys saw that mic catch that, you know, they pay me big bucks for that. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, Corona is taking a backseat to this, obviously, but Corona is still happening. And, you know, it's kind of limiting a lot of the, you know, things that are going on in the world. So we can't give you updates about everything that's been going on when there's nothing going on essentially prior to all this. Um, but, um, you know, as, you know, things are start to hopefully change and the new normal starts We'll get back into the new normal of Broke Billionaires recording again. Exactly. Um, one thing uh, that would really mean the world to us um, is if, uh, depending on where you're listening, it could be Spotify, it could be Apple Podcasts, uh, specifically Apple Podcasts if you're listening on there. Uh, it would mean a lot to us if you could just rate us five stars and just leave a positive review. We're really just trying to um, work the algorithm and, and just build a little bit of a larger following. Yeah. So if you did that for us, it would mean a ton ton a ton and yeah we just give you all the gratitude in the world that we have but we only want that five stars if you believe it if you if do you believe, believe it if you do believe that we need to work on some things obviously leave your comments and you know leave us your honest opinion because the only way you grow pain and sometimes the pain can comes in the form of criticism constructive criticism and you know that's where growing happens so with all right. that being said um thank you guys for listening uh to this episode of broke billionaires with Preachon and your Cal. boy Cal. um and final thoughts is black lives matter no justice no people black lives matter